Hey, this is Commander Adel Vice from Lave Radio, and you're listening to the Loose Screws podcast. And drink, <laughs> drinking more coffee at three in the morning, probably not the best of ideas. It is May 21st. Empire Strikes Back is officially 40 years old today. And it is Loose Screws time. Um, I am Ty Worsham, and with me this evening is my... What do we want to go with this to this week? We're going to go with um, Dangerous... Um, co-pilot and audio engineer JN Tracks. He's with us this evening. How's it going there, bro? Hey, guys. You didn't say hey, guys, today, so... I didn't say hey, guys. I had to say it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hi, everyone. We're all well here. Also with us is our brand spanking new community manager, and um, hurting the hurts is... um, Commander Chick, I am brain farting this evening. Come on. Well, you the door's you- still open, so my mind is like wondering a little bit. So, <laughs> um, just this evening, this is a new thing for you. Yeah, it's one of those weeks, man. It's one of those weeks. Um, so yeah, Empire Strikes Back is forty years old today. That that makes me feel like an old man because I'm as old as that movie is. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm older. I'm not so. quite that old. But, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, you young whippersnappers. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Get off my lawn. Yeah. So, still a favorite. I don't want to start a Star Wars discussion because it's very. I'm very sensitive about it. But, uh, you know, it's fine that Empire is still my favorite, even though they've made all these other movies since then. I think Empire is probably my second favorite Star Wars movie. I, I, I think Rogue One beat it. Now, oh, interesting. Yeah, Rogue One's really good. I really enjoyed Rogue One. It was good. Yeah, I'm in um, the same boat as you. Rogue One is the only one that can kind of start to nudge into the conversation a little bit. And, and so, <laughs> okay, so I recently watched these with my girlfriend. I see recently, like six months ago, watched them with my girlfriend because she had never seen Star Wars, like any of them. And she she really enjoyed Rogue One. She didn't like any of the rest of them very much, but she really enjoyed mm-hmm. Rogue One. So, and she's not a not a not a uh, sci-fi person very much. So it's uh, you know, yeah, yeah it, it's. I mean, that's that's easy to see being um, like sort of an, a movie era thing because it is a much more modern film in the way it's made and the length of the shots and stuff like that. I think it's, it matches more the um, sensibilities that you go into a movie kind of expecting in that regard. So to someone who isn't into the lore and the sci-fi and the universe already, I could see that really standing out as a much better movie, you know, in quotes. (laughs) Yeah. um, There's just something about that Rogue One that I really enjoyed and I haven't really been able to put my finger on it completely. Um, but I think I got it pinned down. I think Star Wars is better when you don't try to explain their spirituality with midichlorian mm-hmm. horse shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, anyway. was more, that, that was more Lucas trying to explain it with science than spirituality. <laughs> the original, it was, you know, a, 
of Zen religion kind of shit in a religion. Then the prequels, he added this mitochondrion bullshit, and that's when it got weird. Yeah, Yeah, I I deny mitochondrions. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are officially canon, which... Well, I'm a prequel denier, so he can make it whatever he wants official. I don't care. I don't I don't intend to watch him again. Denier. Sequel hey. denier, prequel denier, original three, <laughs> Rogue One, Solo, that movie can die too. I enjoyed Solo. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. Yeah, I I, I feel okay. Um I'm gonna all right. I, I said I wasn't wanting to talk about this, but I'm gonna I, I, I thought Solo was pretty good. Considering it's a little bit, it has a little bit of the Titanic effect where you kind of know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I think it was quite good. And in you know, who, who can be Harrison Ford? I think that guy did a great job of seeming like the way Han Solo might have been younger. Uh, but I'll just I'll drop this little grenade in the room and then walk out. I think The Last Jedi has the fewest bad dialogue lines of any Star Wars movie ever made, including Rogue One and Solo. Okay, Ooh. I'm jumping in now. Let me let me just let me right. just go back to Solo real quick. Two points on Solo. Reason Ty likes it, Amelia Clark. That that <laughs> in there. And the only good thing about that movie is uh, Han shot first. There you go. Now saying <laughs> Last Jedi dialogue. Who cares? The movie's too. Horseshit that I don't care what they were saying. <laughs> That's uh, the end of my rant. Okay. I've I've gone through it a couple of times. I don't I don't agree with everyone that it's as terrible as they think. I don't I'm, think it's I, I still I, I don't think that the, the sequels end up being as good as the original trilogy, but I do not feel the way the vast the noisiest part of the public seem to feel about them. I think right. Ryan Johnson, the director of Last Jedi, should be shot. Just saying. Just, just <laughs> throwing right. that out so, there. That movie's the, one of the worst movies ever made. So, so here's the question. Now. <laughs> here's the question. And, and and just like just say which one. Just just say which of the three. So so we all we're all in agreement that the original trilogy, episode four, five, and six, is the best. Correct. Correct. I mean, it's the, the best, the best trilogy. group of three, yeah. Yeah. All right, so what is number... So so out of the other two trilogies, episode one, two, and three, and seven, eight, nine, which of those two is better? Misa go with one, two, three. <laughs> oh, no, I can't, I can't watch those at all. Everything... You think Ryan Johnson is a bad director? You are living in a different galaxy than this one because... Everything in that prequel is two people walking to a window while they talk or walking to a couch and sitting down while they talk. Anything that isn't a lightsaber fight is like sandpaper on your eyeballs. It's the worst crap from the perspective of filmmaking that I've ever seen. And but as they say, everything's relative. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I don't, I don't see nearly as much bad direction and stuff like that. And and the stuff in the, the sequel trilogy is there's some campy stuff that I think they were trying to be Star Wars-y and, and put in some kind of campy dialogue. I think Ryan Johnson did a much better job of avoiding that in a way that matches better um, to like a modern filmmaking perspective. But I, I get that people have like big problems with the story, but there's nothing anybody can do about that, I guess. It's insulting to intelligence. It's just bad. I, I'll write. I, I'm going to write you a report, a book report, like like I'm in middle school, just just outlining right. how bad that movie is, just for you. 
it's it, I, I'm the thing with the first or the episode one, two, and three is that the lightsaber fight scenes and the space battle scenes could be some of the best scenes, period, in all of Star Wars. If just from best combat scenes in all of Star Wars, let me let me let me qualify that um, because the the, the, I think episode three, the opening scene uh, where they're flying, they're they're flying through the space. That, battle. Yeah, that whole course and battle is amazing. It is perfect. And then they <laughs> then they walk over to this other part. It just it's just a <laughs> trash fire after that. But that the first 15, 30 minutes of that movie is amazing. <laughs> I I think yeah. if the combat feels like um, acrobatic kung fu movie, it's like beautiful in that way. Yeah. Um, I have a penchant for kind of the other thing, like going back to Empire, you know, mm-hmm. and and Return of the Jedi and Luke Skywalker fighting Darth Vader with, you know, with like what looks like actual physical exertion and emotional exertion. And I think that is closer to what is mirrored in the sequel trilogy. Agreed. So stylistically, like I end up really liking the lightsaber fights in the sequel trilogy because they have a little more of this, like, it, it feels like it has weight and, and kind of humanity to it and physicality to it instead of just the, the massive acrobatics and flying and flipping six times in the air and stuff like that, which is very cool in its own way. Um, and I actually have watched The Phantom Menace with, on, a, on a DVD where the rule was if there wasn't a lightsaber on screen, I pushed the next chapter button <laughs> until I saw a lightsaber. And it's a great movie if you watch it like that. You don't see anybody <laughs> talk, and there's just a bunch of really awesome lightsaber fights. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we could literally talk about Star Wars for forever, but we should probably mm-hmm. do the do the uh podcast oh, is show not about star wars apparently not no, no. <laughs> all it, right it, anyway uh quick note real quick is that elite dangerous is cheap on steam right now i believe it is on i believe it is on the cheap on steam up and all over the weekend and uh with this is the weekend of memorial day weekend um it's like 15 bucks right now for the commander's edition which includes the original and the expansion and some uh paint jobs uh, also, uh, Planet Zoo, I believe, is like $25 or $30 right now. Let me just click over to the little store page. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if for some reason you didn't want the Horizons add-on, I think it's even, it's like half that. Um, but don't buy it. Don't buy, the, don't buy the half version. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, yeah, Planet Zoo, oh, shit. Come on, click the right button. Yeah, Planet Zoo is like $33. The Deluxe is like $40. Um, Basically, all of Frontier's games are on sale right now. So, uh, for, uh, Jurassic World Evolution is like twelve bucks or something, um, and you get a you can also buy a little five dollar dinosaur pack. So, if you're mm-hmm. looking for a, a another game to play for a while, uh, you should go look. Uh, Planet Coaster is also like twelve bucks. Um, but yeah, go uh, go do the things because Steam sale it's good shit, man. Yay! Um, also. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm going to mention this, and I'm, I have, as usual, I kind of have um, my own little internal debate going about it. But Civilization Six is free on the Epic Store right now. It's free. Now I'm a very big believer that free games are bad for the gaming industry as a whole, but I like a free game. 
So I just, you know, uh, are there in-game purchases or anything? I'm sure there are. Um, I'm not real familiar. Epic store. Yeah, because that's just a that's just a shift, and you know that's not a free game. That's a free to play. Well, the the game itself, it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is there is a whole game there to play, but there is some stuff that you can purchase. Hmm. Um, But out of the box, yeah, the you know there there is stuff that you can buy. I guess I just said that, but the. You know, there's there's a whole little storyline and stuff like that you can play. I don't know if you can play it online against people if you don't have like the expansions or whatever. But it's there to go to go get. I don't like free games. I think that when you start giving, I don't like the Epic Store for what they do because I feel like that they are hurting the industry as a whole in the long run. Um, and kind of what I mean by that is, I think that when you give away something for free. You devalue it, so therefore you're making it to where the people who created it don't have a real value to it, and then it's just kind of keeps getting worse and worse. And um, you're thinking of like uh, ripple on effects of yeah. essentially devaluing other things because it's like, why does this game cost forty dollars if Epic has a similar game for free? Well, I, I, I'll give you a perfect example. Like I am the I'm. There are certain developers. Uh, you know, Frontiers one and and um, uh, Blizzard's another one, and and there's certain developers that I will buy a game from, literally launch day because I have faith in the developer. Um, a good example is CD Projekt sure. Red. When Cyberpunk 2077 launches, y'all won't see my fat ass for a month. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when when Baldur's when, with Larian with Baldur's Gate three launches. Uh, yeah, good luck finding me because I'll be in Faerun. Um, it, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that these developers I wholeheartedly trust because they have a very good track record. So I will be buying those games full price because I think there's a value I'm giving to them. But in six mm-hmm. months, if Epic gives away Cyberpunk for free, I don't think they will. But if they do that, you're completely devaluing it. So I work with the guy who never buys games. He always waits until they're free or you are until they're like on some sort of sale. He never buys them brand new. Well, I think about that over the industry as a whole, you're hurting the industry whenever you can't pay developers. And if you can't pay developers, they don't want to work to where they can do things and make games better and put more features in and make things look better and fix things, etc. So therefore Epic on the whole is actually hurting the industry. And that's where my reasoning goes with that. So as much as I, I like a free game and I know I'm one of the people who is like clicking the button. So I'm hurting it. Uh, I'm not one of the people who has actually bought anything from Epic from what I've heard. It's kind of hard to do that anyway, because they make it a pain in the ass. Um, especially for Canada. Apparently they don't like Canadian money for huh. some reason. A uh, buddy of mine in Canada that I know online who, wow, he can't buy a game from them because it crashes every time. Don't know why. Uh, they may have got that fixed. I haven't talked to him in a while. But anyway, yeah, it's broken shit from what I hear. So, Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wanted to go through what all we've been up to, but I feel like we have talked about what all we've been up to. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, before tonight, I actually wasn't just walking around raging about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, really, that wasn't something we 
what we were doing all week. I don't buy that. What have you been up to? <laughs> what have you been up to, Ty? What, yeah, you go. Man, um, pretty much the same stuff. I, I just I just work and I fly spaceships and I play um, uh, Modern Warfare because all my old uh, clan buddies are playing right now. And uh, it's kind of cool. I haven't talked to them in like 10 years, so kind of cool to hook up with those guys. I'm trying to get them over an elite, but they don't like simulation, so we'll see. Well, I see how couple. we rank. We don't, we don't get asked to come over and play that game with your old friends. No. Man, it's a four-man squad. I got four, <laughs> I got six people. I, I, we have to rotate people in and out. It's hard. So He did okay. just by us. Yep, uh, I, I would be, personally. But <laughs> What about you, Trax? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, same, same old one, one thing, then the other thing, the, the work, the work, and then sometimes finding time to play some elite, which is good. Um, I haven't done too much betaing. I really just kind of popped in to see if they'd fixed a couple of my, uh, picky little points. Um, one or two of them they did. And, uh, but I've, you know, kind of been running missions and stuff and trying to work on work on the faction over there. Um, I did start um, working on some new music from the band Delaney, which is my friend Derek's band that he's playing in right now, who played on the Loose Screws theme song. Um, So they recorded a six song EP and it is, it was recorded there in New Hampshire and mixed by, mixed in Maine by uh, our friend Kevin Billingsley, who is just a fantastic mixer for rock music especially and um i'm it i got it sent over to me for mastering so we're gonna probably have some new music by them maybe into next week oh dude that's badass it's cool it's fun it's kind of um i mean it's it's like hard rock ish it's the the vocals end up being pretty emo-y if (laughs) if that's a thing that people say anymore i don't know um but i think it's pretty cool I'll, i'll definitely share it in the channel when it comes around yeah, I definitely want you to too, because like the work he did on our, our on our intro, like every Wednesday or Thursday, I get that song in my head, and I, I, I'm sitting at work <laughs> humming it all freaking day long. And um, it's he did a great job, so I can't wait to see what else he does. Um, but his band's called yeah. Delaney. Delaney, D E L A N E Y. Uh, and yeah, they're, they are places, they have some old recordings that is actually before Derek joined the band. They had a guitarist leave for, uh, life change reasons and they tried out some people and took on Derek as the, he's the lead man over there. Uh, and I think it's, it's really, it's really cool. They've, so this, this stuff that's coming up is stuff that they've all been contributing to. It's not like old songs that he stepped into. So, um, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty nice stuff. I've gotten to listen through the whole thing and I'm pretty excited about it. Look that's forward cool. to hearing it. It's not the yeah. death metal that Ty prefers, but I, I'm sure we'll enjoy no. it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some cool riffs and, uh, it's, it's sing songy, but it's got some hard guitar stuff and there's plenty of uh, glimmers of guitar heroics for those who like that stuff. So I do right like on. that stuff. So I'm, I'm all, I'll be definitely checking that out. Woo. You'll have to send me like a, like a, like a, Hey, here's a, here's a behind the scenes before you actually have to <laughs> put it on something. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll sh- I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll be like available on things uh, on, on all the various music streaming things. Yeah. Um, so what about, Mr. Chig. 
fly in my good old spaceship. Uh, took up 3D printing a couple weeks ago. That thing runs 24 hours a day. Um, um, uh, was on live, live radio. Got to talk to those guys for the first time. That was yeah. fun. Um, yeah, you were on live, man. That's awesome. I forgot I forgot to mention that. Yeah, that was that, that was in that that was good. You know the the British version of you, bunch of Scotsmen and Englishmen, and 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 yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, tried your uh, your your SpaceX flight module landing thing. That that was yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. Did but you, something you, happened with that for me. I, I this this got stuck in my head, and now it's been bugging me all week. You know how you hear a word, you've heard it a million times, and it's just a word. Like, you know, there's a hockey team in Chicago called the Black Hawks, but you say it fast, and it might sound like something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you now. Now. <laughs> Now, was talking to somebody about something the other day, and and I'm like, everything is cooler in space. Like, if you eat oatmeal in space and it becomes space oatmeal, it's better. Like, sex in space would be better in space. SpaceX. 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 Damn it, Elon Musk. Now I can't unhear it. It's SpaceX every time I hear it. I know that's random, but that that was part of my week. I always thought he meant that. that. Yeah, I, I got a feeling he I meant that. I never caught it. He absolutely <laughs> meant it. You know he meant it. I think I so. I mean, he's, he's what, the biggest nerd on the planet these days outside of Bill Gates. He definitely meant it. Yeah, I th- it works on so many levels. I think it's it'd be really hard to believe that he didn't kind of wink at that when he named it. Mm-hmm. Yep, but it never never dawned on me. Never crossed my mind until this last <laughs> week. And then I'm like, God damn it. So, But that's my week. Well, well I guess we should talk about distant screws now, huh? I mean, you can. So, you yeah. So, so we got what three three days, twenty three hours left of distant screws before it actually officially ends. For yep. the folks so, that are still out and about. Yeah, recording on Thursday, and it ends at uh, one a.m. our time. So I guess I had, what did I have it end at? Well, there's been some some daylight savings time stuff that, that that's going on. But anyway, it ends the evening of uh, Tuesday, May 26th in uh, UTC, um, or 25th, sorry, UTC, which is th- morning of the 26th over here. And there are still a few people out and encouraging everyone to to do it if they can. There's apparently there was one waypoint in there that goes so far below the galactic plane that it's actually uh, a challenge, and I did not mean for that or realize that it had happened uh, at all. <laughs> Going out in a ship with a sixty light year jump range, I there was a couple of spots down there where it took me to white dwarfs that I uh, some of them I got a charge off of, and some of them I decided to synth into uh, and inject into the FSD instead. But uh, even with a sixty light year jump range, I had to do some a couple of injections. And um, so I'm, I've heard, especially recently, somebody just ran into that, and I think they're en- going to end up missing a waypoint. And I actually, I feel really bad about that. I did not mean for this to be something that you needed to like have un- engineering unlocked to do, but I don't see how I can change anything about it now. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Way to go, Trax. Way yeah. to go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting people lost in space since 2019. <laughs> I'd like to see somebody go buy a new account for at seventy five percent off off of Steam 
and get their ship built and do the whole expedition before it ends on Tuesday. That Jeez. would be that would be quite a feat. Quite Are there feat. physically enough hours? I don't know. I was trying to figure it out in my head. I I, I don't think there could possibly be enough hours. You'd have to What's do it? the like sidewinder to Cobra to Felicity Farseer to the expedition. Yep. Yep. And then get all the way up to Colonia Sege, Sege back to Colonia, back to the bubble, hitting all the waypoints. I, I don't know. I don't think it would be possible. Be a hell of a feat. Plus, you're going to run into this spot I was just talking about, and I don't see how you'd be able to get one of the small ships that you could certainly afford. Um, man, oh man, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you'd have to, how quickly can you get into an Asp Explorer and get the grade five FSD engineered? I think if you had that, you'd be okay Can't if you were so careful. Than a few hours. So yeah. wasn't it um, wasn't it D two D two EA down to Earth Astronomy who went there? Because I, I, I feel like he had that series where he went from uh, a sidewinder to a uh, to a, a fully engineered to a conda, right? Something was it a conda in like twelve hours or some shit? Yeah, was it a fully engineered or that's just to a conda? That's just oh, you know, that's a point. I don't, I can't remember now. It's yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the angle, right? You could road to riches and get to the Conda, and then if you only could engineer, but but even with the Anaconda, if you only get Felicity and you just engineer the FSD, you're still so heavy that the the Conda is not a great jump ship until you lightweight everything. Yeah, and you wouldn't have the Guardian boost on top of it. I mean, it, it would, yeah, yeah I, I don't know what you could get I, up to. Maybe 40? I, I don't Without know. looking at things, I bet you'd still be better in the Asp Explorer, which you could get much quicker. And then who knows, mm-hmm. maybe you could unlock a couple of lightweight engineers, <laughs> you know? Just use the Diamondback. Okay, okay, here's the plan. Well, the Diamondback, sure. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, okay, so let's see. You, you work your way up to a Diamondback, you unlock Felicity, and you... Get the FSD engineered. We're going to skip the Guardian booster. You're going to go out on the expedition. You're going to get to Colonia. And one of the engineers out there is one of the ones who can lightweight some things, right? Like yeah. one of them can do grade five on life support or something. Although, in, in, you need mind. an invite though beforehand, don't you? To get to, oh, you have to have a few yeah. other engineers unlocked in order to get the invite for him out in Colonia. Yeah, you'd have to. And now that I'm do. thinking about it, if you're doing a small ship like the DBX, you you know, lightweighting things matters kind of less because yeah, um, they yeah. don't weigh that much to begin with. Um, yeah, knocking 75% off of almost nothing is nothing. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, anyway, good luck to everyone still out there. I'm I'm still watching the, the channel for your pictures and seeing that everyone can make it. I don't know. I'd love to get out and try to help somebody. I don't know. See how I could help. I mean, the most we could do is, I don't know, fly out there with a mining laser if they didn't have a laser or an SRV to try to get them. (laughs) If we were in the same instance and we could laser off chunks for a jumponium that they couldn't do on their own and then they can scoop them up, (laughs) that'd be the only way I could see for helping with this one waypoint situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, wasn't he talking about possibly just detonating himself to get back rather than dealing with it. And I I think if he were to, there's got to be a way. I, I don't think you need 60 light years to get out there. Oh, I don't think so. Um, it, it just would be tricky. You'd be manually plotting, I think, a lot. But I think you could get out there. 
See, the deal there is that like I got a uh, like like my uh, fan home only has like a fifty nine and a half, and I did all the all the waypoints, and I don't remember using Jumponium at all. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it could have just sure. been the path that I took, but I think this person is. Um, I think this person was closer to thirty. I really mm. thought that would have been sufficient, but um, I think it does come. I think it does get a little bigger than that in a couple of places. Even if you find the best route in, like I'm sure I didn't take the best route when I got stuck and had to inject. But I, I don't know. Yeah, the only injecting I had to do was when I was out by Beagle. But then again, my jump range is more than that, and. Yeah, I do remember that area did get a bit sparse when you were, you know, way off the plane like that. So I, I don't know if I would have wanted to be in that jump rate ship he's in, and if it is even possible. But uh, give it a go, see what happens. Makes it a good yeah. story. Mm-hmm. So, and Inel Hate just brought up the fact that uh, that there were some neutron stars near it, and he says if memory holds, the system has a neutron in it. So that might. So you can get out. Yeah, that. Of course, if he's the guy starting with a lower jump range to begin with, it only gives you was it two hundred percent your base jump range? Three hundred percent. Is it three hundred percent your base? Yeah. So, so if he's, if he's starting four, with a seventeen one twenty, yeah. yeah. So I I don't know I I don't remember having issues, but it's it's been weeks since I was out there. So just Feels blame like tracks. Years. <laughs> we always do. Doing. um so um a little bit of news this week is that um we're getting a patch or we got a patch for uh fleet carriers beta um looks mostly just bug fixes i don't see anything in here that was like new feature stuff or like a big change they were doing uh except for the power play thing um yeah yeah i I think they were all bugs yeah, that was mostly crash fixes where different random stuff caused people to crash was mm-hmm. the biggest chunk of it. Yeah, they fixed the crash where you could uh, crash a desktop when you were redeeming vouchers. I I wasn't getting that one every single time. Um, Got they they fixed the crash when the names are the missing fleet carrying names when the carriers in the system get near max. Um, uh, fixed a bug that would cause tritium chunks extracted from subsurface deposits on asteroid to always contain 30% tritium. That feels like a balance thing. Um, now, what's interesting is this power play change. Yeah, uh, I don't remotely understand what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wish I was, we really wish I had more power play. So I'm going to read this word for word for what they said here about the, about the power play thing. This is from Tim Smith, community manager. Greetings, Commanders. Today we wanted to share with you a bit more detail about a small adjustment to power play we will be implementing in June following your feedback about how the control and taking control mechanics are working in the live game. After a change in the January January update, the the current control system's ethos calculations would limit its search for controlling minor factions filtered by star systems within 15 light years and those that are exploitable by the same power as the control system. Exploited, not exploitable. Yeah, that's what I said, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Reading is hard. Previously, the calculations considered all nearby star systems. So 
So it's restricting where a power could push to a new system to take control based on what the controlling minor factions in that system are. And if they're exploited or not. So that's that's the first oh, thing. Oh, so if they're already exploited maybe by another power. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, exploited by the same power as the control system. Okay, so exploited and control become exclusive where they weren't before. Right. Okay. At least that's how I understand it. In June, we will be adjusting these calculations to once more include the governments of nearby star systems that would become exploited if an expansion action by the same power succeeded. Succeeded. This change will be in addition to the previous one from January, thereby adjusting the limitation on which systems are interacted with. Okay, so that sounds like... um Oh boy. Okay, so that sounds like the government type, like if it's democracy or dictatorship or something, if that is not the same as the power that would be taking control, if it, if that power expanded into it, would they change the government type of the system? Or would they not be able to expand into a type that had the wrong government? See, I don't, I don't get know this how at you all. guys. I don't know why you guys don't understand this. I understand it perfectly. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah, I the, the whole power play. I I I've done it for modules and for you know expiration data bonus. You know, uh, that's all that I've ever done. I never thought I would get into the power play stuff or the BGS stuff for that matter. Now I'm. Uh, let's go neck deep. I was going to use another term, but I, I'm neck deep in the BGS stuff now as we're trying to get our faction, you know, cranking mm-hmm. real good. NL hate is just knocking it out for us, which is badass. The power play stuff, I still don't know enough about it. And I, I, they got to give me a reason to care about it. And there just isn't one right now. Yeah. I, I, I tried to do a little bit of research to try to understand this a little bit better. Um, and really what I need is a power play person to contact me so I can understand it because either A, I'm too dumb to understand it, which is always entirely possible, or B, uh, it's a situation where we're going to have to see an action before we really understand it. And I'm leaning more toward B because I don't think I'm that dumb. But See, I think know. Phoenix DeFire over at Lave Radio, he's been into that quite a bit lately, hasn't he? Maybe we should see yeah. if he'll come in and explain this shit to us. Yeah, he has. Let's see if he's up right now. Yeah, it's only ping, it's ping, like ping. two in the morning there. He has <laughs> pinging him right now. That would I'm, I'm, over I'm, over, I'm over here clicking on the thing. Is he up right now? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't do the mental gymnastics to figure it out without actually doing it because we've been over this. My brain is old and pickled. I can't figure stuff out like that. Well, I, yeah, I'm starting with a bunch of base assumptions that I'm sure are wrong because I've never paid attention to what the criteria for uh, control, taking control or exploiting was to begin with. I have no idea what those things do or what they mean. I mean, I, I get that powers move into new systems or can lose control of systems, but I don't know why or how, and yeah. it hasn't affected my gameplay in any way, so I well, haven't learned ex- that. 
this is the extent for me is on the galaxy map i hit the power play button and it makes this big beautiful colorful blob in our galaxy that that's what i know Pretty right colors. that's what you show that's what you show your friends and loved ones when they're like what are you doing all the time and you're like don't you see how beautiful and amazing this is look it's how amazing. complex it is you that peer at it like and you kind of go look at this amazing thing. And they say, I don't understand that. And we're like, well, that's why I'm here and you're somewhere else. And then when yeah. they leave, you go back to not understanding it. I, I, I like the way you think. I'm going to go with that. Because it is this, crazy. This is the biggest thing that we need to take out of this is the fact that they're still looking at, working on, and tweaking the nuts and bolts to power play, which I'm a big believer is probably the second most broken thing in the game. Um I think it. Mm. I, I think it. Uh, like number one, I think is multi crew slash. Um, um, uh, you can't. You can't multi crew wings. And, wings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's ridiculous. Ridiculously broke. Uh, followed very closely behind power play. I think if. I mean, we can do a whole power play ep- episode. In fact, we probably should. Well, we probably shouldn't because we okay. don't know anything about it. But <laughs> We're going to hand the keys to somebody who knows anything okay, about this it. Is my, this is good my takeaway on this, other than, you know, we can talk Star Wars but not power play. But the other takeaway I have <laughs> is between the three of us, we have thousands of hours in this game, and we have no idea how this shit works. So, I mean, that's how much is in this game is we've got thousands of hours and we're still like, yeah, it does the thing with the stuff and then, yeah, move it on, you know? <laughs> is the point Ty's trying to make, though, that uh, this is our sign in the darkness that Frontier is paying attention to the stuff that they never seem to speak about and goes for long periods of time without being talked about? Yeah, about fixing and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, they're working on this, and they they're added the CQCQ. So two things, you know, seemingly abandoned features that got some love. So yeah, that good point, Ty. Good point. Way to go. I have I have one every now and then. So <laughs> the other thing that actually starts today, May uh, May twenty first. Uh, it looks like it started at 10, uh, 10, 10, 10 UTC. I cannot talk. Um, and it ends uh, ten um, May twenty six is the in the beta. The fleet carrier um, cost has been reduced to one million, and all additional services for fleet carriers have been reduced to one hundred credits per service. <laughs> and <laughs> this is a flat out. Uh, stress test is what they're wanting to do. They're basically wanting to see how many fleet carriers they can get in this game before the whole server takes a shit. They're testing their air conditioners. <laughs> right now, right now, there is a group of people sitting in front of a server rack praying to the server gods they don't have to work this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. I've been the guy that does that. <laughs> I actually didn't realize this started today. Uh, when we did the podcast, I stupidly lo- lo- loaded up the regular game. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually in the. I'm actually so I'm actually in the beta right now, and I am live streaming. Uh, I, I'm so the system I'm in is the very first system I ever discovered. I put my fleet carrier out here earlier this week, and this system just happens to have a, a moon that orbits about 150 uh, kilometers from a ring. So it's like a shepherd moon, and yeah. one of the cool. It has a. It has a fairly fairly fast orbit. So I'm sitting in the rings right now in my vet and you can actually see the moon 
slowly moving. Like if, if you were to time lapse this 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 video, you could actually see the moon slowly moving across. Like every now and then, I look down and the moon is like further to the right, and it's kind of tripping me out a little bit. So that's cool. Uh, I'm I, I'm still severely impressed by the things they throw into this game, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing. Spectacular. Yeah, but yeah, so uh, beta blowout. If you haven't got a chance to play around with fleet carriers in the beta, right now is your time to do it. They're a million bucks or a million credits. Go do it. They're switching fun. right now. <laughs> yeah, and if anybody at all can explain the uh, changes that they're making to power play, please message us or email us or anything so that we could understand because I have no understanding of it. We and prefer pictures or videos because, you know, reading is hard. Yeah, and if there's honestly, a chart or something, I would love that. Yes, if, please. <laughs> here's the pretend you're explaining it to like a kindergarten person for me, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna be well, watching it. I'm gonna be watching your explanation with my four and a half year old daughter, and if she doesn't get it, I don't get it. It's a good chance I'm right there with you. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have I haven't hopped in the beta much at all. I'll admit that I'm just not big into playing betas and then with the blowout today i hopped on the forum you know just to see if they were having any major problems or crashes and they're still just idiots that post the most amazing things i wish i wish i could just call out names of people on the forums that drive me nuts why i don't go back to the forums <laughs> for like weeks at a time but the stuff that they say i just i just have to get off the forums right away and go back and do something else because it just ruins my day how stupid people are yeah well, so to kind of go along those lines, man, you want to you want to talk about chick chat real quick, man? You want to sure. go into that? Sure. Actually, we'll if I can interrupt things. for just a second. Yes. We here at Loose Screws <laughs> never end a sentence with a preposition. <laughs> you can't just drop shit oh, like shit. that on us, man. What did I just do? <laughs> did you just knock your mic off the table? I, I, I knocked the mic off. It hit a key on the keyboard. I got NZXT cam pulled up. Uh, <laughs> I, I love I that scroll lock shit. I love that we got to hear that for the first time. When you requested something earlier, I had no idea where it was coming in, did not know it was happening there. That's all right. For, um, for the listener at home, I asked, about um, four hours ago, I asked Ty if he could read some text for me into his microphone. Can <laughs> he oblige? Yep. Uh, well, that'll be Chig Chat for the week. Moving on. <laughs> wow, that was that was uh, that was good stuff. I like it. I say we keep it because that was hilarious and and good stuff, man. Um, all right. So last week I asked what people are going to name their fleet carriers, and a few people came around with some responses. I got to learn about like uh, New Zealand's history from Grover Kiwi. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name that he put up there because I will ruin that completely. Uh, Hellblaze was talking about the French government blowing up a Greenpeace ship back in the 80s. That was an interesting read. Uh, Mac Winston talked about uh, naming his after Alan Turing, but then brought up, you know, we all know who that is. 
I'm sure I won't get into that. Google it. But then he also brought up Mark Brunel and somebody else, people I'd never heard of. So I had to go learn this week, which was fun. I, I appreciate you guys coming and, and, and getting into all of that. Um, this week I wanted to uh, get into some CQC talk a little bit. It seems like that's all I ever seem to talk about. But um, I, I want to start with just you know some beginner's tips for people. These are absolute tips for absolute beginners because I just took up CQC. I looked to see and it was it was just about three months ago is the first time I ever set foot in there. And the main reason I didn't before that was its reputation. I, you know, I'd heard it was impossible to get a match. And if you did, it was, you know, it was absolute crap and everything else. And then I got into it on one Saturday afternoon and died, you know, 200 times and maybe killed three pilots because I was so bad at combat. But I fell in love with it. And I always seem to be able to find matches. Sometimes it's easier than not. But the tips for absolute beginners, because I remember being an absolute beginner, is first, just um, pit management. In the regular game, it's important. In CQC, constantly be switching your pips. If you're you know, you're getting shot at, have full pips and shields. If you're not being shot and you're shooting at somebody, full pips and weapons. If you can't get your bead on somebody, you know, you're, you're circling around and you can't quite turn, odds are you don't have enough pips in engines. And literally, people say, you know, turn flight assist off, you'll turn faster. It's not that simple because if you turn flight assist off, you also start moving in a direction away from them and you're actually getting farther away. And that'll bring me to my second uh, absolute newbie point. Range when you start shooting. This one I've talked to squad mates about and everything else is when you're going after somebody and you have them in your crosshairs, you just want to start shooting. And you might not be looking at the range the target is from you. Absolutely, positively, do not start shooting until you're within range. Like pulse lasers, beyond a, a kilometer, you do zero damage. But your target will know you're shooting at them and start lighting up on their radar. So then they know that you're coming for them. If you wait till you're closer, you're better. And knowing that damage drop-off starts at 600 meters means that anything beyond 600 you're not doing full damage so just don't let them know you're coming early and don't drain your distributor before you get in range that's why the good players you know you'll be shooting 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 and you think that you know they're invincible because you're not killing them but you're out of range and then also you get in range they have a full distributor full pips and you're dead super fast that's the biggest thing that people start claiming oh my god they're hacking Third tip and final one for us is I see it on new people in CQC all the time. I'll be chasing somebody and they're trying to fly away from me and I can stay 100% behind them shooting them because they are not using their thrusters at all. Almost all pilots will say, oh, man. duh, they're stupid. You can literally get behind somebody and be using down thrusters if they start pulling up, up thrusters if they start, side thrusters, whatever. You can stay right behind somebody. If they're not using their thrusters, it's very obvious, and you might be one of those players that's not using them all the time. That, learning how to do that, way, way, way before you ever touch flight assist on or off flight assist, that's, that's a whole different animal, and touch that way, way later. But those are my tips. So if you're new, 
put those to use and you might live a little bit longer and might actually start scoring some kills and get in there and start fighting. I mean, just the only thing wrong with CQC right now is not enough people are playing it. Uh, my yep. question this week, 100%, is what, for people that are playing it, uh, what changes would you like that you think would make it more fun? Come tell me what it'd be. Also come to Chick Chat and say, Chig, let's play. And I will hop in and play with you if I'm on right then and there without hesitation. But that's Chick Chat this week. Hop in the channel. Tell me what fixes you want. And I mean, Tracks, you've played it a lot. Ty has played quite a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think would be the first fix you'd do? Now that they've added the queue from in-game, what would you add uh, to entice your other people in and would get you in there more? Huh. Um, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I found it. I found it just tremendously fun when I have gotten in. It's it's really just about the matchmaking. Um, I think. I guess uh, besides having the queue like in game, I mean that's humongous. But the other thing would be just kind of um, making sure you can actually queue up with your squad mates somehow. Um, and and it would make. You know, yeah, we usually you play the free for all. You can, you can force yes. it to do that. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, you can uh, invite oh. uh, people to your squad, and then you'll get pa paired up. Uh, I don't know if it's one hundred percent you'll be paired up, but I've never had somebody that we were squatted up with not get in the same match. It's up to it's up to four. Like you, you, you still can't get over the magic four numbers. So, so okay, so you're saying like the the in game squadron, or do you mean yeah. like? You can invite friends from within CQC. Um, oh, okay. And they'll be sort of like put into the lobby? Yes, you'll be in a squad together. And we've had more than, you know, four of us where we've started a second squad. And then we end up, you know, getting all in the same match together. It, it, it seems to work really good because then you end up, you yeah. know, playing with who you want to play with. Cool. The thing is, is so few people play it now that if there's seven people online, you're probably all going to be in a match with just the seven of you, and some random dude is going to end up in there. And, mm -hmm. and but and people, I you know, people could see how if you're squatting up, you could see how there could be exploited and in a death match. You know, people are going to be shooting, ganging up on one person or another. But honestly, people are doing it for fun and it's fun i have much more fun shooting tie or dubs or <laughs> data than i would uh shooting some random dude you know it's funner to talk smack with your friends than it is some random stranger you'll never talk to yeah definitely definitely and it, we've never played like a team deathmatch or the capture the flag mode game i wonder if there's some way that those would become more viable if there was like a lot of people and the matchmaking was a little more controlled I don't know. That, there is. I mean, right now there's team deathmatch. If you go to the CQC Discord, usually in the middle of the afternoon, it's a lot of European guys that seem to be playing it, though. So their timing is, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I'll get the ping on Discord that, you know, team deathmatch starting in, you know, such and such time. But it's usually I'm at work at that time. So I can't be on to hop into their team deathmatches, which sucks. But when you see the names of the players that are doing that, it's all, you know, like, you know, there's like 19 elite CQCers and like four or five of them are doing that at that time. So even if you get in, you're probably just going to be getting murdered. But they do go easy on newer players. They want them to play. I mean, I think 
you know, one guy was going weaponless against a guy last week just just to do it because the guy was so new. Yeah, just trying just to ram him. him. Yep, <laughs> that's yep. awesome. So, it, but that's that. Unfortunately, the that degrees of separation between the top players and the other players it's 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 so massive right now, and because not enough players are playing it you can't get matched up against people of equal skill because there's not enough to have more than one match going and they're not going to make you just sit there for mm, an hour waiting yeah. for a match. So you're going to end up in there and just know you're going to get mopped up against, you know, any of the top probably 500 players, let alone the top 20 that seem to be on quite a bit. So um, looking over at the chat over on Twitch, NL hate, um, Brings up a very good one. He says cross-platform engagements um, or CQC apps. Well, game yeah. wide, game wide. Yeah. Absolutely, that that right there is a great one. That should be number one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big believer that I don't think we're very far away from crossplay anyway. Um, mainly because uh, some of the stuff I've been reading about the the new Xbox and the new PlayStation that's coming out, I don't think we're very far away. That being said, Frontier has ne- not even officially said that uh, they will bring the game over to the Xbox or the uh, uh, PlayStation. So uh, I couldn't imagine why they wouldn't, though. But, yeah. I've heard everything's going to be backwards compatible, so they'll automatically be on the new Systems. Yeah, I, I, I haven't actually. Yeah, I, I don't follow the Xbox or the PlayStation real closely. I, I need to get a little closer on that. But um, yeah, NL hate saying that the the it will remain available as the Xbox One version per Microsoft. So, um, so there you go. It's it's still yeah. it'll be on the new one. So yeah. They're all uh, using standard chips now, you know, the, for the last yeah. generation and this new upcoming one. So there's no, like, there shouldn't be any coding problems. Yeah, right. the new ones are PCs. The new, the, the Series X, God, the Series X, Xbox and their naming, good God. And then PS5, they're essentially PCs now. And that's why, you know, people are wondering if they're going to have VR support and stuff. I think it's going to be hacked in, if nothing else, shortly after they're launched. Just because they are PCs, yeah. You know, I, I I don't think that the I don't think the PlayStation will do anything at all to support VR because they've already announced their own PSVR two or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Uh, they're they're working on a new PlayStation VR, so that's sure. Yeah, I, I could see them not embracing third party VR. However, Microsoft has said that they have no plans to do their own VR. Mm-hmm. So. There's still rumors floating around that you know it's just a like it's just a matter of software to plug in your VR. Like all the plugs will exist where you can plug in your existing VR and it work. And if that's the case, it's like I'll probably I probably will not get a, a PlayStation next. I'll probably will get an Xbox because I'll have the you know the Xbox uh, what is it the Game Gold the version Ultimate you, Game Pass yeah yes. yeah where where you know you, you you have it on PC you have it on Xbox and then the the saves are cross platform and stuff I could easily see me doing that you know Xbox is right. so embraced just making their cons- console and 
the PC the same. I mean, right now mm-hmm. you can already play games on both platforms, you know, not all games, but a good chunk of them. And right. I don't see why that would stop. And if they're going to be doing that, I absolutely see them having the Xbox Series X that comes in a box on uh, allow VR at some point, maybe not right at launch, but I guarantee you're going to be able to to play VR on that eventually. Yeah, sure. That's exactly what I think too. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I'm I'm a very big PC guy. Um, you know, there's there's I'm not the biggest uh, uh, console guy, but I've been a so I'll tell you my Xbox 360 story. I owned four Xbox 360s. Two were given red to ring me. Ring of death? No, no, just a red light of death. Yeah. Um, so the red ring was like an overheating issue. I never had an overheating issue. I had a hard drive failures. Um, so the 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 my very first Xbox was given to me by PlayStation or by uh, Best Buy. Like, I went to this conference. They said, hey, you want an Xbox? I said, fuck yeah, I do. So they gave me an Xbox. And then it died. So I sent that one to Microsoft. They sent me a refurbished one. And then I had a red, another red light, hard drive failure. So I sent that one off. They sent me that one back. And when they sent me that one back, they actually sent me, like, no, 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 no. They sent me that one back within three months, red light. So I gave up on it. So a few weeks, a few months later, the Xbox 360 Elite, like the black one that had the bigger hard drive and the supposed better, all the better stuff in it. I'm like, oh, this will be the one I get. I'll like this one. So I bought that one myself. And after I bought that one, within six weeks, I had a red light. Same damn problem. Now people said, well, are you sure you were, you weren't doing anything with it? Were you like putting a thing? Man, I'm, I'm a PC guy. I'm, I'm leaving it literally on top in the open so it has plenty of cooling and stuff. So it's not overheating. It's not giving you overheating a lot. It's just the hard drives are filled. The hard drives they're putting in them are shit. <sighs> so anyway. Son of the bitch. Red light lit up. And me being me, I sent it to Microsoft. They sent it back. This one here lasted about six, six nine months. Like this was the longest lasting one yet. And I was enjoying the hell of it. I was playing Final Fantasy 13. I was two or three bosses from the end boss fighting him. And then mid-match, it died. And then I looked I looked down at the screen. It had the same little red light on it. I was so pissed off. I put every single thing I had Xbox into a box and took it down to GameStop where they robbed me and bought a PlayStation. And I have not owned an Xbox since. But if they do, if they... Do all the things they're talking about with the Series X, I will probably be an Xbox guy on the, on the next generation because Sony has kind of rubbed me the wrong way with their not wanting to play in the cross-play arena at all. So, anyway, Yeah, that's my, I can hear that. Yeah, that's my that's my rant about the Xbox. But yeah, you're, you're, you're 100% right, Hey, They, um, it, it's time for cross-play. It's time. They they need to. I feel like it'll be coming. I feel like that it'll be something they put in this next one. Um, uh, I can't say your name, Master Caricus. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of with us on that too. So uh, yeah, your cross play needs to happen. So anyway, I'm horrible at pronouncing names, but y'all, everybody kind of knows that. So <laughs> anyway, so. Um, Looking at story time uh, this week, 
Hey, can I interrupt uh, one more time? Yeah. Gather round, children. Old Man Ty has another story to share. I think it kind of cut out. Uh, sorry, it wasn't it wasn't publishing to Discord very well. I'll put it good in the um, in the post produced version. I got to remember to change my mic settings before I run that one. It starts out too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, the sound shit coming together. I love it. That's yeah, funny stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging that too, man. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, um, nobody um, posted. A uh, story time this week when we because we were supposed to all go out to the soon till system and take pictures there. I actually didn't get a chance to because I was lazy. So yeah. shame on me. <laughs> me too. Uh, I went out there this? seven times. <laughs> Pixar, it didn't happen. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. What, right, what, go on. What's interesting about the soon till region is that it is it is uninhabited. Uh, it's one of the core systems. Um, in the in the bubble, and it is uninhabited. There is nobody there, um, which is just kind of neat to me that they did mm. that. Um, there's a lot of Raxla theories that kind of surround this system. I'm not going to give anything else away, but uh, so your assignment is for this week is to still go out to the Soon Till system. S O O N T I L L for in case you have trouble typing it because if you're like me, I had trouble typing it for quite a while. Um, but yeah, go out there and there's, there are some um, uh, uh, tourist beacons you can go to and read. And uh, it's a very interesting system. Um, cool. Yeah, definitely go there, check that out. But uh, that's what we'll be doing for this week. Um, so a couple of, of, of little tidbits I found. And one of them I'm pretty sure is pretty old. Cause it's like from 2017 or something like that. But the other one I believe was released this week. Um, so over on YouTube, uh, this guy who released it in 2016, uh, Z Marco, uh, recorded a three second video, every jump after he got 1500 light seconds from the star to get the brightest background. He compiled all these into one three-minute video of him going from Seoul to Sagittarius A. And oh, so it's, it's like big, the star background stuff yeah. is what he sh- – Ah, uh, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really cool um, seeing, seeing, seeing the whole thing move. And I've recently become fast – I seem like every few months I get fascinated with this game where – the things that are moving around in it, I'm just like, wow, that's amazing. They put that in this game. And um, it just, I'm steadily just kind of blown away every single time I get around to this, where it's like, wow, I can't believe they put that in the game. And the way they did this one here, uh, you know, he, he went through and, you know, put he ended up at, at, at Sagittarius A, the black hole there. But it's so cool even seeing the nebulas and stuff pass by as he's jumping from each mm. one to the next. So um, I'll leave that one in the show notes. That's cool. And yeah, another one that... Oh, go go ahead. ahead. 
No, I was no, going to say, well, it is it is super cool that the nebula is passing and you see like star clusters that you go past. And eh, this game, as you said, it never ceases to amaze. It seems like a broken record repeating that same thing again and again. But both this video with all the jumps to Sag A and the next uh, thing you're going to talk about are just, th this game is just too cool. Thanks, uh, yeah. uh, Frontier. Um. So this, I found this uh, a couple days ago. Uh, this was posted on Reddit by Kosvavik. Um So he went through the trouble to take screenshots of the Seagull Nebula. And what he uh, did was he went around and found stars that were about 120 to 140 light years between the, star, between the central star of the Seagull Nebula. And he would photograph the Seagull Nebula. So, effectively, he's getting different angles all the way around. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and he has a little video there. And I never realized that the, you could that they actually modeled the nebulas in full-blown 3D. I always assumed that they were like two-dimensional screenshots. But this clearly like shows that they are. <laughs> yeah. This clearly shows that they are modeled in some way 3D. I don't quite know yeah. how they how they did it, but... I mean, you can you can clearly see that there's something going on there, um, and if I was really smart, I would have made sure to link the, to show this in uh, the video feed. But I forgot about that. So um, no, it's it's sort of like a, it's like the the matrix bullet time thing, like it wraps around the mm -hmm. nebula. Yeah. Pretty neat. It, looks like, it should be called the Phoenix Nebula. That's what it looks like to me with the red color, and mm -hmm. it does look like a bird from that one. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's so cool. Yeah, that is neat. He actually, if you look through the list there, too, he actually has another screenshot of the map, uh, of the galaxy map, where he took bookmarks of all the places he took the screenshots from. And uh, yeah. it's, 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 I love it when I see things like this. Um, I'm gonna. I actually have reached out to him because um, I I want to see if he could do the Orion Nebula the same way because um, I would love to see what that would end up looking mm -hmm. like. So anyway, I just posted the link to that one in the show notes in case anybody wants to go back and look at it. Yeah, the the one from Soul to Sage is. I'm putting that is, one too. Yeah, yeah, that one that one's been around for a minute, so I'm sure that that's uh, been out there. So. But if anybody's the, uh, wondering, there is a show notes uh, <clears throat> channel on our Discord, so you can go and find anything. If it's interesting, right. we'll try to link it there. We haven't been using it a whole lot, but I'm oh. going to try to use it more. Actually, it hasn't been used in over a month, so. Hmm. So I'm going to put that in there. All right. What happened? Is Ty okay? I don't know. He went, oh. Didn't he went, oh, and I, then he disappeared. I, That's okay. I, I hit, the, hit the mute button. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> chasing a guinea pig down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chasing a guinea pig, yeah. But anyway, I was able to, uh, that's, that's how I got muted. I was able to copy and paste the uh, link to it in uh, the uh, stream chat. So, yeah. Okay. I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, I can do things now. things. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff and things. Yeah. So the um, the uh, the pilot finished up his series this week. Um, 
for those that don't know, the, the pilot has been doing a series on YouTube where he uh, centers around one ship every week, every couple of weeks. And this last week, he centered around the uh, glorious Federal Corvette, which is my ship. Um, and it was glorious. He did an amazing job on the video. Um, I'm very impressed with his work on the video-wise. Um he he's, he's he's probably has plans to do other things in the game, but I guess we'll have to figure those out when he gets to gets to doing them. But I kind of wanted to mention I kind of because so so to Chig, you have a vet, right? I know yes. you do. Oh yes, yes. In 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 tracks, you don't have a vet, or I know you do have. Of a course, vet, I do. But you don't really play with the vet, right? I was flying it last night. Yeah, I yeah, use the yeah. vet. I, our, our our squadron has a lot of people that use vets. Data, tracks. Uh, yeah. We get in a Hazres or in a CZ or something. It's a freaking vet fest. CZs or when we're when we're doing like um, pirate massacres or like you know elite wing level missions. Yeah, know. elite level like wing uh, assassination missions, stuff like that, where there's going to be like a lot of engineered vultures as backup for the target. I'll bring my vet for those. And yeah. Luigi Dushku insists on riding on the Corvette, so I have to <laughs> I have to bring him with. <laughs> oh man. But um man, I, I I I could talk for days about the vet, but I wanted to ask you guys how y'all do y'all's weapons. Because yeah. there's a bunch of people that do their weapons differently on the vet. Um like the way I do mine, probably my favorite way I do mine is I got two class four beams. With thermal vent uh, and efficiency, and I got uh, two class one uh, rail guns, strictly for feedback cascade and super penetrator, and long range on both. And then I have two uh, multi cannons, uh, one with uh, incendiary rounds and one with uh, corrosive uh, for the class twos. And for the class three underneath, I have a regeneration. Uh, Healy Bean, because uh, that class three oh, hard gotcha. point's really in a bad spot. So I just, yeah, I, 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 that's where I stick my Healy Beam for for that. And man, I really like that setup. I really do. Uh, I've played around with a bunch of others, but I'm curious what you guys do with your vet. Go ahead, Drex. Uh, okay, so I I've used a I haven't had the ship for all that long, but I put it together. And then finally decided to, well, I bought it long before I outfitted it, but I finally like engineered it and outfitted it and everything when I needed to fight in a couple of wars. And I ended up changing the configuration a few times during that, like, cause it got a lot of kind of hard testing. So I have tried using, um, for the size fours, using one beam and one multi-cannon. And that had some nice aspects to it. Um, and I honestly, like, I, I think the size twos I've always had, I think I've always had pack hounds in them. Um, and then I play, I, I think I had some rail guns in the small and I think I probably tried to put another efficient beam on the size three and it just like a lot of things kind of weren't working. I was running into trouble with just flying a ship that's that kind of big. And I know it's it's nimble for a large ship, but it's still a large ship at the end of the day. And I, I was kind of struggling with 
uh, engineered opponents that have a lot of chaff. You know, you run into those like elite pythons. That should be an easy kill for a vet, but they're like SCB and chaff infinite machines. Like they have their cheat mode or whatever that the NPCs do, and they just constantly kind of going and. Um, I don't know. It could it could be a struggle. I guess Python's probably not that big a deal because I can probably even hit it with the chaff. But chaff on a vulture, for example, it was was really kind of pissing me off <laughs> in the Corvette. So um, I did change. So what I have now is I have the two size four beams with efficient and thermal vent. Uh, and I know like that distance is is pretty poor on them, um, but I have ways of kind of mitigating that. I. I have the pack hounds in the size twos. One of them is overload, and then the other one is, well, I guess they're high capacity, but then one of them is um, has overload on it, and the other one has drag, which I like for slowing down those nimble ships. And I have, uh, I, I got rid of one of the rail guns. The one that's still on there in the size one slots, I literally, I never switch to that fire group. I just don't. If somebody's popping an SCB, I'm just going to throw a bunch more ammo at them. <laughs> For some reason, it just seems to work more efficiently than trying to switch my fire group. So I do have a, a small multi-cannon that has corrosive, and that that helps a ton. Um, let the, lets the beams basically be, be most of the work. And then the size 3, I actually put an advanced plasma accelerator that I had laying around under there, uh, just as more... Uh, anti-chaff weaponry. So if somebody's popping a lot of chaff, I have a fire group that's just pack hounds and the plasma accelerator, and I can take care of them that way. Um, it's a little more, a little tougher with a, a big lumbery ship like that, but it's all right. Seems to work okay. I think the other configuration that I'm considering would be actually to flip the size fours to be multi cannons, and then basically make every other hard point either a beam laser or a combination of beams and um, uh, uh, not pulse, bursts, beams and bursts. Because I do want some thermal vent, uh, but I don't know, just kind of spread spreading them around and stuff. So we'll, we'll see about that. I guess that's a configuration that, that could work, but I haven't tried it yet. Then I guess I guess if I was doing that with the multi-cannons in the big slot, then it's a little bit lower total energy use, so I could use a long-range mod with the thermal vent, which could be more effective. But as it is right now, like needing to stay pretty close to things, I usually trick ships into um, chasing me, and I just go reverse and, and try to kill them that way. And that seems to work pretty well. So I end up flying it just entirely different to any other combat ship because I end up reverse skiing most encounters unless except for the eagles that are just gone in like 2 seconds. Yeah. Pop like a pimple. Have, <laughs> have you tried PAs on it? On Not the on the force? big slots, just just on on the underside cuz like like I said it's yeah, I mean I see actually uh data we were flying last night. He's got two class 4 plasmas on his and um, that could be fun. Maybe I'll roll a couple of those up, <laughs> engineer them. I, my experience with that is that it works really well until you run across a uh, a uh, eagle, and when you hit that eagle, it's 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 not gonna <laughs> it doesn't work very well. So yeah, then you could you could make up for that with like um, fill the rest of your slots with like phasing sequence burst lasers or something. Yeah, I actually have a whole. I have a. I have a. I have. I have a whole build where it's all phasing uh, pulse lasers. 
uh, with phasing yeah. sequence. Uh, that I consider that's my my PvP build. That's how I, Dub's uh, Corvette is currently configured. Yeah, I don't feel like it works as well against PVE, but I feel like it really works really well against PvP stuff. So stuff that's going to last a while, regardless. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, here's the thing with that: like most PvP you encounter is going to be running uh, prismatics with some extra armor, and if you can hit both, yeah. you're shortening the fight anyway. So, but anyway, right. Um, so, what about you, Chig? What's what does yours run? Oh, you gotta love the Corvette. It's so versatile for combat. You know, I I've run just about everything on it and lately you know what we've been doing it is for the bgs is all those pirate hunting missions and you know elite pirate wing missions as you mentioned it's chaff 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 and i got sick of it so i went all fixed weapons you know i got two fixed beams in the huge slots and then uh you know i've got three rail guns on it you know everything's fixed except for my you know tiny multi-cannon which is just for getting corrosive on stuff but the corvette's nimble enough that i can dance around and you know get those things on target and end fights pretty quickly you know i do a lot of those wing missions you know solo it's only pve obviously but with those rail guns man stuff dies fast and uh, i don't know a fully engineered dirty drive uh uh Corvette handles about the same as the fighters in CQC, so I, I, I don't feel it that I don't feel it that big of a disadvantage to tell you the it, truth. It does not. Oh, I'm telling you, the, 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 those those fighters in CQC are not the most nimble things on the planet. There, the, you feel the unengineeredness of in oh, CQC. Absolutely. Like I was absolutely. listening, you know, when you're going over your tips and stuff, but uh, earlier in the show, I was like, yeah, it's that that distributor is because you can't engineer it. That's why exactly. you have to get on that thing. Yep, absolutely. You got to pay attention. But I mean, like any build I've had with the the Corvette, I always just end up modifying to where I can just hold the trigger down the whole time because you don't lose your targets like you do in the <laughs> Anaconda or the Cutter, you know, the other hmm. big ships. You can just stay on target so well with the Corvette compared to the other large ships that you can just, you know, I ended up, you know, if I'm laser heavy with my Corvette, it's usually pulse laser so that I can just hold down the trigger and I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about it and you rarely drain the distributor. You go beams and you're empty so fast. So, and I mean, the yeah. current build, I, I never really let go of the triggers. It's just hold down and, you know, fire the rail guns when I get them in sight and the beams are just running constantly. But that, that's that's my vet. That's, that's interesting. I, I want to ask you guys, I guess, now about your pit management in that because I also, like I said, my fight style is so different in the vet than any other combat ship, but my pit management style is also 100% different. Like I end up putting like three or four into weapons most of the time as long as I'm firing. And then sometimes I have almost nothing in engines, which is just so backwards from the way I usually fight. What, what happened? You know, that's the only way I can keep the distributor full because I'm usually just draining that thing with all with the lasers. What happens uh, on your builds? So so from from me, um, because I'm running all efficient anyway, I typically will run with three on uh, weps. 
I'll run with one on engine and well, I guess it's technically two and a half, two and a half on WEPs, two and a half on sys and one on engine is what I is typically what I do. Now I flip it around depending on the situation too. So, um, I'm moving pips fairly often in combat. Yeah. Um, but if it, if it's just like mindless NPC type stuff, uh, like that's usually where I have it. Um, Every so, ship yeah. except the Corvette, I'm tip managing like crazy. In the Corvette, I'm one one four, one in systems, one in <laughs> engines, and four in weapons. That way, I can just shoot because my plan is just to kill them before they kill me, and which is, the, I guess, the story of every combat. But kill them faster uh, that way, and I want that one in engines just so if I need to turn faster, I've got a boost available. You know, you're not boosting constantly, so you should build. You should have a right. boost when you need it, and you're building fields back up. A little bit, but with your prismatics, does it really freaking matter? I mean, right. There's, there's, a, there's a very good line of reasoning for not even putting any, any if you have prismatics, for not even putting pips on shields, even though with pips, your shields are, was it 200% yeah. stronger or something like that? From zero to four, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do try to be a little bit active, at least on the shield side, flipping back and forth. But for most encounters, it's not a big deal. It's those situations in a in like a high CZ where it bugs and it doesn't load any friendly ships for a while, and you're taking fire from like six or seven or eight engineered hostile ships at the same time, and you've got to last you know five minutes until the bug is over and your friendlies show up. That's this kind of situation where I go, you know, pips to shields and I'll end up firing a few SCBs before they'll turn up. And then after that, yeah, it's back to, f- you know, 411 all into Yeah, that weapons. situation, it's it's launch fighter to hope to distract them, four to shields, two to engines and boost away as fast as you can to buy <laughs> time. Because I've done that where there's like a dozen ships shooting you and you entered a CZ and nothing yeah. spawned to help you. That's that a fun little bug. I can imagine if you dropped in in like uh, Fertilance or something. Well, so so I've actually been playing around with uh, bioweaves again, just because on of the, the shield regeneration. Yeah, on the vet. Yeah, just just for shield regeneration time. And I know I know the. I'm a very big. After I got prismatics, I'm a very big believer that prismatics is the way to go. However, after doing the war and. All that stuff. I was kind of curious, so I, I loaded up the bioweaves again, and I think I'm liking those again just because of the regeneration time. I mean, the regeneration time difference is like 40 minutes or something like that. So yeah, but that's that's to get to full. I mean, you can you know usually if, even if you lose your shields, uh, the battle is going to be over pretty soon anyway, and you can reboot and get half your shields back. You know that. So the yeah. prismatics. I don't know. I on on a, on the big ship. I just don't see a point doing anything other than prismatics. I've I've drawn up a build that had it still had like three and a half thousand effective thermal shields on a on a biweave, mm-hmm. um, and I mean I guess with that size of a shield. You do, you, you know, you do still have use for SCBs. I don't know. It it could be okay. I, I really haven't. I literally haven't tried not non prismatic shields on my vet. I had them sitting there in storage by the time I bought the vet. So, I've never yeah. thrown a biweave on it before. It, it, you could see where it would be like in a hazres situation. It might be perfectly fine. Yeah, see, Dubs is probably going to listen to this and he's going to be like, those fucking idiots, and he's going to tell us exactly what we should be doing. 
The only, well, no, uh, Dubs would never say that. He would say, sure, all these builds work perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to say about your Corvette, watching uh, uh, Data had his uh, night vision on, and we were watching Dubs fly his little gnat scout around you and, and fighting you with the night vision on and from a distance it looked like this old school video game kind of thing going you know like old graphics because the green tint to the ships you know it, it, you couldn't command. see the textures it really it, it looked super cool but he was just kind of revolving around you and as he got closer you could see how you had a hard time tracking and as he would go around he'd go out at a distance then you'd catch back up and you'd be able to shoot him then he'd circle back in close and get behind you but it was it was super cool because it was like I don't know you ever seen like a picture of an atom where the electrons going around at different circles around the atom <laughs> Adam, that that's what the the scout looked like, and watching the the Corvette shooting it and following it around and around, and then uh, tie hitting shield cell banks and stuff. So then you start getting that glow going on or that pulse going on. That was super cool to watch that that Corvette going against a tiny ship like that. Yeah. Well, that's kind of all I wanted to talk about this week. Did y'all have anything else? I do have one more thing. Uh, yeah. I when we when when it was revealed to me live on this show that the fleet carriers currently cost only a million credits, I switched over to the beta, and when I booted up, I found that I was way outside the bubble in Ty's system because I had docked on Ty's fleet carrier before he flew <laughs> it out there. Are you are you out here? No, I suicided and got back to the bubble because I wanted to buy a fleet carrier. So oh, I flew, I, got you. I suicided back to a sidewinder. You know, bought the biggest FSD I could put in it and flew the eight jumps to the nearest fleet carrier sales spot. And now you are streaming, right? Yes, sir. Now I need people to name this fleet carrier right now in this moment because I'm sitting here on the name screen. Name my fleet carrier. I'm waiting, uh, I'm waiting for the chat. Wait for Twitch to catch up. Share chat. Yeah. Oh, I, could, I, could, I, could, I could put it on. I could put it on. It wouldn't be a big deal. Oh, yeah. I guess you could. That'd be a good idea. Come on, people. Who's watching? Evelyn's Dance, according to NL Hate. Oh, that's. That's, I can't that's way more meaningful that. and, and less yeah. joking than I was thinking. Yeah, I was going to go something way, yeah. way, way the other direction. So I'm just going to be quiet now. <laughs> Oh, yeah! Now I feel like a jerk wanting to call it a penis enlargement <laughs> <laughs> or, oh over or overcompensation. Yeah, overcompensation. Oh my god! See, <laughs> Alec overdose. <laughs> um, uh, carrier McCarrier face. <laughs> okay, I like that. Carrier Mc. Carrier face. If you, know, you know what the re you know what the reference to the whole uh, uh, carrier McCarrier face is, right? Yeah. Yeah, the whole that the, research vessel, the, the Bodie, Bodie McCarrier face. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, incoming message. Awesome. I just bought a fleet carrier. You just <laughs> did it. You're doing the things. Yeah, you're doing the things. You're a guy, a thing, person. <laughs> so, so like, like. I'm probably going to catch some flack for for like talking about the the vet. And I got this vet about 3 years ago and for whatever reason like when I saw the Anaconda, well okay, when I saw the Anaconda, I was like oh, that's the ship I want. But then I but then I started looking at the price of it and I was like I'll never get it. So let me get the uh Python instead cuz that's the one I can afford. 
This is back when earning money was a hell of a lot harder than what it is now. And then, uh, after I, after then I sort of after I got my uh, Python, I was like, okay, I can actually earn a little bit of money a little bit faster now. Um, and again, this is before void opals and stuff. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I can get an anaconda. So as I was saving up to get an anaconda, I bought an anaconda. I was like, oh, wow, it gets even easier to earn money because you can start doing these bigger missions and stuff and these bigger cargo runs and these bigger bounties and all this other stuff. And then I was like, well, maybe I can get the the Federal Corvette because that's the ship I really wanted. And then I got the damn thing. And I love this ship so much. <laughs> it is it is exactly the type of ship I play this game to play with. That's that's exactly how I feel about it. And um yeah, I I just love the ship. I know a lot of people like the cutter or the anaconda, and I know on paper the anaconda has a higher DPS, and I know I, I know all the things, but it's the vet is the best ship in the game for me. And I don't care what stat people bring up. I'm a very big believer. Fly the ship you love, not the one you're supposed to. Right. So if you're like, I, I just spent two and a half months in a, uh, or two months in a uh, uh, Phantom. And after the first week and a half, I fucking hate it being in the Phantom. And wish I had mouth. taken. <laughs> He's allowed to have his feelings, Chig, oh. even if they're wrong. Oh. oh, all right. I'm I'm better now. Go ahead. Next, you're gonna say Last Jedi was a good movie. Last Jedi was a good. Oh, sorry. Uh, it, it, anyway, all right. Uh, you you continue with your eulogy for the yeah, Corvette. I mean, I mean your tribute to the Corvette. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I think that's gonna be it for the show. Um. Always reach us at loosecrewsed.com. There's a contact page there. I need to update and put uh, Chig's information on it. You can email us at loosecrewsedquestions at gmail.com. I'm brain farting everything. You can get us on Twitter at loosecrewsed. I don't always follow the Twitter because I'm lazy on that. Uh, And I pretty much hate social engineering or social uh, <laughs> social media, God. So, no, social yeah, social media. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I, hate social media crap, I hate so. social engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I just hate people. <laughs> Shit. Shit. I'm done talking. Someone else talk. Take us out. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll, do I get to do the cheese again? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I, I need to put this in the show notes, but we need to end every single episode with. Um, cheese talk with Chig. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cheese of the week? Hey, here and, we and, go. And, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm going to need sounders for that tra- tracks, okay? Okay, I didn't prepare any oh, bumpers, for today. Bumpers, I know uh, bumpers. I didn't tell you, so. All right, I, I'm going this week with my favorite cheese of the whole world, and you guys are going to think this is some crazy hipster cheese, but it's not. Just because it is aged in a cave doesn't mean it's hipster. It's actually been around since damn near the time of Christ. It's called Roquefort. It's made in the south of France. It's a blue cheese. I'm going to say right now, it will change your life. Roquefort cheese. Mm. All right. Now what do I say? Oh, yeah. Stay cheesy, everybody. <laughs> I can't do the blue or the goat kind of cheeses. Those, those don't work for me. They taste like oh, soap. Dude, you, you have issues. Yeah, you have no <laughs> idea. A lot of people, blue cheeses, you know, you think blue cheese is blue cheese. 
one time my buddy who's huge huge into cheese he lives a few hours away he comes up to visit a few times a year and he brings a bunch of random gourmet cheeses with them and he had like four different kind of blue cheeses i'm like well that seems like a waste you know i just thought blue cheese is blue cheese side by side taste testing them oh my god it's like drinking different whiskeys it's so amazing mm-hmm. oh god now i gotta go eat some all so, right all right all right yeah you gotta do it Anything what else, Ty? What is happening with my po- What the fuck is happening with my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we can it's get real loose and real screwy. <laughs> getting screwy with it. All right, let's sign off before we just jibber jabber or get back on Star Wars. Because <laughs> yeah. actually, we never did cover Star Trek. We'll do that one next week. <laughs> we'll have to get data on here for that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we should do that for sure. All right. All right. That's all I got this week, guys. Um, we'll holler at you guys next week. Have a good night. Thank y'all. Nice. Stay cheesy. Whatever the hell chick says. (laughs) We got a good Lord. Cheese is life. (laughs) Night, (laughs) y'all.